Hey, good morning, everybody. You too, Adam. My name is Jack Mancini, and I'm, I'm partners in a company called Maximum Value Partners. And we have a podcast that's been going on for a while now, uh, Dirty Secrets of Small Business. And Evan and I are business coaches. We've been together as partners in business for over 20 years. My God, I can't believe it. And uh, we get along pretty well, obviously, to be that long and, and no real battles to speak of. So what we do in Maximum Value Partners is coach small businesses. And we define small as maybe a couple million dollars in sales, but more importantly, from 25 down to one person. And we cover all industries. You know, in our 20 years, we, we honestly have seen it all. Between our owning companies, auditing companies, financing companies, uh, you, you name it. You know, if they're broken, if they're fixed, makes no difference. Business owners, and there's probably 25 million of them in the country, maybe more. They basically are looking for, most are, well, the brighter ones are for sure. They're looking for somebody to talk to, somebody to bounce ideas off of. So we, we serve that purpose real well, and we love doing it. We love the small business owners. There's like, uh, well, they're, they're interesting people like we're going to meet today pretty soon. Uh, interesting is a kind word. It's a good word we could do a whole show on. But uh, yeah, we we uh, we've been doing this. We were on the radio for about four years, uh, several years ago, and that moved into these these what we're doing now. And basically, it uh, how many Adam? I keep getting the number wrong. We're we're quickly approaching four hundred, Jack. So we'll we'll be at four hundred soon. 400 for, for these 20 years. And we cover every subject you can think of. And we have fun doing it. We try to have fun doing it. Every once in a while, we'll miss, uh, miss hit somebody. But for the most part, we have fun. And that's what it's all about. So we, we take our cues for our podcast from the activity that we do with our coaching clients. So in other words, there's an issue usually one day. It may last over a couple of weeks, months. Uh, might be rectified in 10 minutes. And we'll use that. We'll reshape that as a uh, program, uh, a podcast. So it uh, works pretty good. It's real-time stuff. That's why it's good. We aren't professional broadcasters, so that opens up uh, guys like our guests here to bust butt. But that's all right. <laughs> We'll get them. <laughs> we'll get them in the end. But uh, that's what we do. And today we have a special guest. And that's what we do occasionally when we come up with a good entrepreneur, a good, solid, successful entrepreneur. He also happens to be my nephew. And uh, I won't hold that against him. Uh, that's all right. You can have that title. He's a good man. He's a good man in many, many ways. But uh, as far as entrepreneurism and living the dream and identifying uh, a life that is yours, like Frank Sinatra's old song, I did it my way. <laughs> he exemplifies that. He exemplifies it. So we're going to have fun with him. We know his weak points, so we'll, we'll, we'll try to jab those when we can. <laughs> But I'm going to turn you over to Adam Sonhalder, my astute partner of 20 plus years. 
Thanks, Jack. So then why don't you talk to this guy? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll get a I'll get a start. Let's not chase our let's not chase our special guest away here. You know, it's good that the fan relations you get a sense of this. So uh let's bring him in. So uh everybody uh, please welcome Phil Billick. Phil, welcome to the show. Hello, everyone. There we go. All right, good. So we're gonna have Phil tell the story and we'll and uh, uh just for our audience's sake, uh uh, Phil doesn't go by Phil very often. Usually it's P or PJ, so we'll probably call him that, or or you know Jack may have other names for him. We'll see. As he said, you know this is uh, uh, P was one of our first clients. You know, uh, as Jack said, we we've been together almost twenty years. Obviously, Jack has known you your entire life. P, you know, I I, I got to know you about uh, about eighteen years ago for for the first time. And we'll talk about about those first experiences here in a minute. But uh, we always find it very helpful uh, for our audience. If you wouldn't mind just giving giving people kind of a few minutes background in terms of kind of where you grew up, kind of, you know, a little bit of your your, your, your younger life, and then how you kind of got to the point where you uh, you and Al started Air Compliance and then when, when, when we kind of met you guys. So if you can kind of bring people up to that point, and what we'll do is we'll then kind of start talking about when Jack and I kind of got involved with Air Compliance. But give us a little bit, uh, a little bit of background in terms of kind of where you grew up, you know, your schooling, all, all that kind of fun stuff, and, and kind of how you got into, uh, eventually got to, to starting Air Compliance. Okay. Well, that... <clears throat> That's uh, it could be long winded, or I could give you the short abridged version. Um, I'll I'll I'll, uh, I'll, uh, I'll see what I can do here to make it uh, make it uh, easy. Um, right. I grew up, uh, you know, I grew up uh, in Parma. Uh, that's where I was born in Cleveland. Grew up in Parma. Uh, Jack is my my mother's brother, and um, <clears throat> uh, so I've known Jack my entire life. Um, but um, I ended up, uh, I, I was a Catholic background and um, went uh, went to Padua High School. And then from there, went to uh, uh, dabble around a little bit with Tri-C and went, made my way to Cleveland State and ended up with a, a, an, engi- an engineering degree, a chemical engineering degree. And, um, and then um, uh, I did, don't, don't know how that, but I did. And uh, uh, so I... I, I, I uh, uh, had to had to uh, start to branch out in the world and and um, and uh, when I started working in the world, well, back up. I went into the Navy uh, for a short period of time and uh, was in there for two years, and then was an officer, and then got out of the Navy, and then I ended up um, uh, getting a job, and all along the way um, uh, from high school. Uh, my formative years of high school to uh, through uh, through college and after college, I was uh, uh, highly influenced uh, in in a in a in a great way by Jack. And um, so, as I progressed through uh, life at that early twenties uh, with an engineering degree. Uh, the the lessons that I've uh, uh, that 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 and experiences that Jack Jack brought on to me um, uh, started to come into play in the back of my mind. So I I got my first engineering job and and um, and I started to see that working for someone wasn't exactly in my genetics. Okay, <laughs> and so um, and right. and out 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 with Jack. Um, he, he was, he was, he, he could see that I saw the light and he was just, he's saying, you, you're just, you need to do something about that. And um, <laughs> so anyway, 
I I pushed it off as I'm good at doing, and but I I was listening, and so um, uh, I worked as an engineer uh, on breweries and uh, for MK Ferguson downtown, and then after that um, I ended up um, uh, seeing an opportunity uh, with another company in air pollution. And um, that was called Sly, WW Sly. And they hired me on a, a, um, as an engineer um, to uh, basically do sales application of, of air pollution scrubber systems. And um, so um, I did that. And, um, you know, that's just, and in doing that, the performance of the scrubbers for removing air pollution were um, verified by uh, emissions testing. And um, so while I'm working for this company, I saw these emissions, emissions testing services and I saw that they were in need of someone with the perspective that I had um, uh, in, in uh, uh, being the the uh, the receiver of those services, and uh, and that means that I understand what I was trying to get out of the data, and these guys were performing these services without providing me or basically an an, an astute awareness to what the data was trying to determine. Kind of a complex thing, but not really. But anyway, so I decided to finally think about all the years and years and years of of of, of input from Jack Mancini <laughs> yeah, right here, and um, and 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 the light bulb went off, and um, so I at the time I uh, I was my sister was married to my former partner Al Schreiner, and. Um, so I engaged Al as, as a, my first partner in this endeavor. Now he had the computer, he was a programmer for um, uh, one of the banks. I can't remember one of the local banks and in, in the, they're not, they're now been bought up in Cleveland. And so he uh, was going to, and he's got an MBA. He, he was more business framework type kind of uh, aspect of the partnership with the computer, uh, custom computer uh, knowledge and, and to, to formulate business systems and to, to computerize and automate things. And so um, he, uh, uh, he, I chose him and he was all ears and I was going to do the operation side. And so um, uh, between the two of us, we formed a partnership, started uh, the, the old classic, started in the basement of my sister's house. I, I, I moved out. I don't know where I was living. I, I was living all over the place. Um, uh, but anyway, no, I know what I did. I was living in my four-suite apartment building. I was my first house. I bought a, a four-unit apartment building, and I, and I uh, lived in one unit and rented the other three out. And so I was um, dabbling in re real estate at the time while I was working uh, at downtown at the, at the engineering firm and at Sly. And so then um, 
uh, I, uh, I ended up selling, selling that. Well, that, 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 by the way, that, um, that apartment building, I used three credit cards for cash advances so I could have a down payment on it. Okay. <laughs> and it, and it, it had, a, it had a positive cash flow while I was living in there. So it was rent free. And so, um, it really worked out. It was like one of them classic things they, they teach you about. Uh, but anyway, um, I ended up um, uh, selling that uh, because we needed capital to uh, start the business uh, for equipment purchases. Uh, we did rent some equipment at the time to get this testing business going, uh, but we needed capital. So he, he took capital out of his 401k and I took and I sold my building and I moved into my sister's other room in her house, okay, into a bedroom, okay, and we were in the basement. And so that was our first office. And so uh, we ended up doing consulting in permit consulting for uh, the same permits that drive the testing requirements. And so we did that. That didn't require a lot of capital, but we were smart enough to know what was going on in, in the industry and people needed help interpreting that. Um, and, and so locally, we started getting the word out at trade shows was the, was the uh, uh, venue of choice those days to, to advertise. And maybe still is a little bit today. And so we end up getting, uh, it was Title V at the time as the regulations. And we end up getting some consulting jobs, which ultimately leads to testing jobs because the, the Title V permits require testing typically. And so we ended up doing that getting a cash flow started there, getting testing. And then the testing fortunately was reoccurring on various cycles, some annual, some two and a half, some three, some five. So once we started building up a client base, we started to roll in repeat clients. And um, so that, that's how air compliance testing started um, based, you know, kind of a classic from nothing vapor start. And uh -huh. um um, and you know, there's all kinds of issues, uh, that, that go along with that start. That's but a, that's so a, from, a, hold on. Um, so, 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 that, that, that let me jump in. Yeah, let me jump in. That's a good, that's a good start. So you, you, so you frame stuff very, very well. And so, um, like many folks, you, you kind of were following the path of going to school, go to get a degree, kind of do some stuff. And as you're describing, you got this, I don't say this crazy uncle, but here's, here's uncle Jack kind of saying stuff that. And, 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 you know, he, he sounds different than, than, than other folks. And um, while maybe other folks may, maybe not hearing him, you're like, yeah, I'm kind of hearing you kind of going. And so you're starting to all those seeds being planted that as you're at one of your jobs, you're noticing an opportunity, which is how often companies start. Right. So, hey, here I am trying to get a service and it's just not, you know, it's not what, what I'm looking for. So you spotted that opportunity. Now, one of the areas that, that we specialize in is, is partnerships. You know, as Jack mentioned at the outset here, you know, he and I have been partners for, for 20, you know, for, for 20 plus years now. He's had a great success of partners. Now, P, I know you've got a lot of partners and stuff that you've done. And, and, and certainly Al, and we'll, we'll, we'll talk about Al here a little bit, but obviously, you know, you've got Dean as well, and, and not to mention Louise, and there's probably, you know, several others ones as well. And so one of the things that, that, that we want to kind of talk about, uh, you know, during our, our show today is kind of some of your experiences with that, because, yeah, I think you've probably seen, most everything, P, you know, in terms of the, the, the highs, the lows, things kind of in between. And uh, so I recall, I recall first meeting you. Um, and this was when you guys were about 12 years in and, 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 and you, you can correct my details here, but you guys are about 12 years into the business. You had grown it out of that basement to where you guys had about 24 employees. Uh, You're doing several million dollars a year in sales. 
And the reason I understood that, that, that we were being brought in from Jack was, hey, let's go meet my, my nephew. He and his partner have some issues. He wants to maybe sell the company. And as we were getting MVP kind of started up, it, it, it was at the point where it wasn't a knockdown, drag out. You guys were, were going to punch each other out, but it was just there was tensions there. And, and I recall, you know, you guys would walk past each other in the hallway, not talk. It was just you were, you were kind of just doing doing the business, but you guys wanted to kind of you wanted to get out. And you wanted to kind of, you know, you want to have that kind of breakup, you know, uh, if I recall, he and your sister had gotten a divorce already at that point. So that, so their, their relationship kind of, kind of, you know, it kind of fallen apart a little bit. And you were after a dozen or so years, you were ready to kind of just say, Hey, this has been fun, but I'm kind of ready to, to, to do the next thing. So that's what I remember when we first kind of met. Is that, is that pretty accurate in terms of kind of where you were at that point in terms of what you were looking at? You just wanted to kind of tap out and kind of move on to the next thing. Yeah, that's that's exactly it. Um, it was um, uh, you hit you read it you read the situation exactly right. I, I there's a lot of give and take in partnerships, as you well know. It, it's not a hundred percent even, okay. And and there and, and you know it, it, it it's kind of it's like a marriage, and you know it's you're given 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 and then given given and then all of a sudden you know, it turns around the other way and you, and it, and it, and it comes back your way. And when it, when it doesn't, that's when you start to have problems. And, um, uh, one of the, that's, a, that's what I was having with Al, uh, after my sister divorced him. Um, he, he you know, it, the, the, the breakup of the, the partnership was, was primarily because of, 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 of probably me more so than him, because he was just along for the ride in a sense. <laughs> right. And, um, and so with that, um, that's, that's, uh, that's describes the situation that he wasn't really carrying his end of the deal. So um, always writing off to, well, he's my sister's, he's my sister's uh, husband. So I'm doing this for my <laughs> sister. Okay. So that's what okay. kind of lasted a lot longer. My sister goes, well, you know, <laughs> <laughs> why did, well, you didn't have to do that you know and i'm just like well it is you know so that was that was part of my um uh longevity with him but um exactly right i i was fed up with it i it, you know to the point where i started another business um uh i was at the point where i you know i just like okay what do i gotta do what do i know how to do i can start a business okay <laughs> you know here i go here i go i can start a business so what's out there well um I have a farm. I bought a farm, always wanted a farm and down in Southeast Ohio. And at the time, back in the 2007, 2006, the oil, uh, the fracking uh, world came to life here. And, um, and this area has been, there's been a lot of boom and boom and busts in this area over the years. It's very cyclic and it just so happened. Here comes another one. So um, I, I had the opportunity knowing some locals here and um I was the kind of the guy from the city and I had some money contacts. And, and so we, I put together a, a, a business called Appalachian Energy Resources and uh, it was a oil and gas um, investment, um, uh, basically a company that, in, that drilled wells, drilled and operate uh, wells. And uh, we, we solicited investors uh, for money and um, drilled wells uh, with the money and and tried to provide a return. So that was uh, a 
pretty good undertaking to do on a part-time basis. Um, and well, I, but I did it. I was a very high energy guy. Well, and geographically as well, for, for, for people who aren't familiar with, with Ohio. So, you know, we're talking about the, the main company, Air Compliance, is up in the Cleveland area. And the farm area that, 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 that P's talking about is about three hours or so, in, you know, away in Southeast Ohio. So it wasn't like it was just next door. And, you know, you, you know so, and this was, again, as you mentioned, kind of in the kind of mid 2000s, you know, where the technology was was coming about. But again, the iPhone, you know, was just being invented. It's just give people people a sense in terms of, you know, this is still a little unusual where this guy's got, you know, two two different things set up and you were dividing your time between, you know, you had spent a lot of time going back and forth and driving the country roads. But, you know, you, you, your point, you were a high energy guy. You were putting in 100 hour weeks between the two companies of just doing stuff and back and forth. But it sounds like you were kind of loving it a bit. You know, um, I want to come back to, to, to a couple of things with air compliance before we get to your farm, though. So one of the things that we talk about a lot here in terms of partnerships, P, is in terms of when you set partnerships up. And one of the challenges we often see is that folks will start out and they'll start out having equal partnerships. You know, day one, hey, you know, we should be equal kind of going into this thing. And what happened when, when we came in is you and Al were equal partners. And so what was happening is if you had disagreements, you couldn't do anything about it, you know, because one of you couldn't make things happen. You know, so it, it got to the point where it right. sounds like you were saying, hey, the, the reason why this idea of starting something else kind of came to you, you're like, well, look, I keep fighting this battle of, you know, he and I just button heads, button heads and not doing anything. And we're spinning our wheels and going in circles. Or I can take that energy and put it towards something a little more positive where it's, you know, where <laughs> I can get stuff done. Was that part of the impetus for that? Or was it just say, hey, let me redirect this energy somewhere where I can know I can make it make it positive from that standpoint? Well, yeah, yeah, that, exactly that. That definitely was a component to the to that decision making um, of, to, of starting another company. But at the same time, I did. We did it. Yeah, you're right. Let me uh, let me close this. Hold on a second. Right here. Sure. <laughs> I had to get that light off me. Um, at the same time, I, we did have a buy sell agreement, and it was a 50-50 partnership. And um, uh, it, it is easier to negotiate at the front end of a partnership when everything is good and and you can you know just right off the bat you start to make the the decisions of um of who's going to actually be in charge and, and, and it, it's a lot easier to do it then but you know it's not impossible to do the 50 50 like we did with the buy sell agreement with all the terms in place and you exercise it and and there are not much either one can do and so I knew that. And therefore, I knew if I was going to break this company or this partnership up, the way our buy-sell agreement is, somebody's going to walk away with it and somebody's not. And, um, and so I said, I got to hedge my bet and start another. I, I can't stop what I'm doing. I can't stop. I need money. You know, I need money to live. And um, I had nothing else to fall back. And and so, I mean, you know, we, we were in business for 10 plus years. We still were growing a business that was consuming, uh, you know, everything we made. Okay. Because it's, you know, give to the business, give to the business. It's like a child, you know, you just keep giving to it and there's no, it doesn't make any sense. Okay. You know, you just, but you love it. It gets very emotionally. It, it, it is like a kid. You're absolutely right. 
<laughs> yeah. So you end up, you end up, you know, we weren't pulling down uh, high salaries. I didn't have a lot of money saved up because <clears throat> I, I didn't have it. We were putting it back into the business and at least I had a, a, a you know, a, a, a small salary, you know, tw- maybe I think we were paying ourselves $30,000, $3,000 a month or something like that, you know, just to kind of keep going. And I, I could live like a, <clears throat> a pauper without, you know, I can, I, I'm able to live pretty lean. Okay. I could do today if I had to, I, that's a key. If you're going to be an entrepreneur, you got to learn how to live lean. Okay. Um, Love it. So that's a good skill of growing up in Parma, you know, lower middle class. Um, Parma, but, um, uh, uh, I didn't, I didn't have, you know, I didn't have my rich uncle then. Okay. You know, <laughs> So now I don't need my rich uncle and I got a rich uncle. Okay? <laughs> so, um, but anyway, uh, so it was two driving forces and, um, and I, I, and, and fortunately a couple things, uh, when I executed the buy sell agreement, it was in 2008. Okay. In the great recession and the valuation of the build of the business was in the shitter. Okay, because we were in a we were the the there was just company, you know, shutting down uh, uh, production lines, which means they don't need a test. The line's not running. Okay, Uh, all kinds of industrial uh, uh, shutdowns and slowdowns, which means the testing business, although if they did run, regardless of the economy, they have to test. But when they don't have to run, they're not testing. And so we had a we had a, a, a huge decline in in sales, and um, and so you know looking back, it was a good time to exercise a buy sell agreement. So we had a valuation done, and it was at the low point. Okay, okay. go ahead. And, and, and as I recall, there's, there's a special uh, buy sell that you guys had. It's something it's referred to as a shotgun provision. And and for the, for the audience is not familiar with that. So what happens is the way the buy sell was written was that if one partner makes an offer that the partner receiving the offer either has to accept the offer or they have to flip it, flip it, and then make that offer to, to the other partner. So to your point, you know, once somebody pulls this trigger, somebody's going, right? So the question is, and so it, it, it's, a, it's a nice uh, way to do it because what it does is it helps to make sure that the offer you're making is, is not a low ball offer because again, it has to be an offer that you have to be willing to accept yourself, right? So there's some good psychology to that, but to your point, that's something that, that, that as you look back on it and say, hey, the fact that we did this early on before things got started, got very emotional was great because when things got, you know, heated and ready to kind of go, you were thinking about that. It was, it was very right at the top, top of your mind. So, okay, when do I want to pull the trigger here and getting yourself, getting yourself kind of ready for it. Now, when we came in, I remember one of the things, the first thing that, that, that we did is, is we did a valuation for you guys. We kind of gave you a sense of what the company was worth. And part of what we told you said, well, here's what it's worth. But the problem was the value and the knowledge was in your head and in Al's head. And we said, well, you guys could sell for this. What's probably going to happen is that the two of you have to go work with somebody else. And I think as we established you know, a few minutes ago, P, you realized you know, earlier than that that you weren't good at working for somebody else. You said, well, that sounds kind of silly, you know, the idea of to sell the company, work for somebody else. So the reason you were able to, to, to start to go to Southeast Ohio is part of, you know, I, I want to pay you a compliment here in terms of what you were able to do. You know, part of our coaching was to help you take that stuff out of your guys' heads and start to really, because you had a very good team in place. And you guys just hadn't necessarily empowered the team as much and to kind of to be able to kind of teach them. So you spent a couple of years of kind of helping to bring your team up so that you felt comfortable again. Because if, if I'm trying to think of what most people think, like, wait a minute, you have a company that, that you're running and yet you're going to now 
move, you know, and spend, you know, half your time and, you know, three hours away somewhere else doing, doing other stuff. How are you doing that? Well, you had, you had spent the time to start to kind of build up your team. So you knew you had good folks in place because again, especially as things with your partner are starting to, to, to deteriorate, you know, because you don't have as much faith in him, but you had faith in the other team that was there. So talk a little bit about that kind of process, again, that helped enable you to have some of that freedom to be able to do what you were doing. Well, my reference to putting everything back in the company, you know, we paid our employees uh, very competitive rates uh, to, to keep them, you know, living wages, to keep them engaged. Uh, we, we were very open, my open uh, book with them with regards to where the company's at and, uh, you know, and, and, you know, the profits that we made were reinvested and, and we had, uh, uh, you know, we, we, we kept, we just, we just kind of brought them into the process uh, to, to keep them engaged in what, what the company was doing and where it was going and it was growing and to be part of a growing company and uh, feel that they would contribute. And, and, you know, it's just not words. If you, you know, for me, at least my experience, it actually works. It, it keeps these people it, you know, these guys want to do something too. They just don't want to punch a clock and come into work. They, they want to be part of an organization. And, and, um, and, you, and, and so you, I was able to um, extract that and it, and it, and it, and it pays benefits to me because I, I, these guys took ownership. There was a lot of, you know, eight, seven, eight guys, probably eight guys or, or more, maybe even more out of my core group that were just fantastic. I mean, just fantastic. So <clears throat> that was, um, you know, uh, that was the key to, to, you know, you, I can't, you can't do anything on your own. <laughs> yeah. You go, go run you know, try to run a multi-million dollar company on your own. Good, good luck. Okay. You know, you have to, you know, part of it is the word company, you need to get all the right company together. So I'm fortunate to have those guys in place and, the the other thing uh, the uh, you know leading on to the to the buy sell and 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 to be able to start another business well at the same time i i had all the knowledge in my head al al my partner was generic knowledge he 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 wasn't able to uh, solve problems with the testing and 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 applications of of the technology that we were dealing with and so I had an advantage there in, as far as ultimately taking over the company. And so, um, you know, that was stacked in my side. But again, I was, I was nervous it could go on either way with the, the agreement that we had. But um, up to that agreement, I, I relied on my, my core guys and to, okay, they're, they're doing this. I can go and, and deal with this other entity down in Southeast Ohio and, and, and make this work, which I had. Okay. And I was, I was forced to have another partner because I couldn't do the field work. Okay. So I was the admin business money guy this time. Right. And so then I had the hands-on guy. <laughs> so you, so you so, saw roles all of a sudden. Okay. <laughs> yeah. 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 So, um, so that, that was another one. Okay. And it wasn't, I didn't have a, 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 a like, I didn't have like a, a lineup of partners to choose from. I had one guy I had to deal with. Okay. I, I, I had to select from, and I guess he's He's going to do. Okay. Right. And, um, that's another story. Okay. <laughs> but um, anyway, that's, that's the, that's, that's that. So. All right. So, so you, um, 
You, you pull uh, the trigger. So if you want me to get, get, go ahead. Go ahead. So, no, no, so, so, so you pull the trigger on the buy sell and you know, it's nerve wracking to your point. You're, you're, you think you know how it's going to go again. It's like when you propose, like, like you, you think she's going to say yes, but you don't know. So she says, yes. Right. It's okay. So you're going to pull the trigger. You figured Al was right. going to say, okay. And you, you had a sense that even though the, the valuation was a little lower, he still you know didn't have the ability because he wasn't doing anything else on the side either. Right. So, so he didn't have the ability to, to turn around and be able to offer you. So you, you had a pretty good sense that, Hey, he really had no choice but to take the offer that you were probably giving him. But until you pull that trigger, you just don't know. And so, so you pull the trigger, Al winds up accepting it. And so, you know, you, you guys started to kind of part ways and over the next five to eight years, you started to really kind of grow this thing. You know, you bought another company in Florida, you know, again, come back to, you know, <laughs> Pete, you're always, <laughs> you're never getting comfortable to, you know, you know, or maybe you're one of those guys that when you get, un, you know, when you get comfortable, you try to get uncomfortable because you know, that helps you kind of grow. But so here you are, you, you, you go down to, was it was a Gainesville, if, if I recall, <laughs> right? So, you, you know, you just buy out yeah, Al, that's right, and right. then here you are looking at another company in Florida, right? And and uh, so talk a little bit about you know about how that kind of came about, and 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 how you found the time and energy to to, to be looking at buying another company out in Florida. <laughs> okay, so yeah, so any you know stuff just I don't know. I my wife is you know she's she you know picture her she's along for the ride along the whole time here. Uh, not so much back then, but you know. <laughs> today and she wasn't living in your sister's I, bedroom with you yes, say, right <laughs> she, was that she wasn't living with you in your sister's bedroom but she was she came in very soon very soon thereafter so she, she's been through most of exactly yeah. right, okay. so she, she has she has a good um uh history of of what happens to me and i always say well stuff just comes my way she goes oh i i really wouldn't put it that way you know <laughs> it's just, it just you know it's just kind of you know I, you know, I, that, that, you know, I'm trying to, as I'm aging here, I'm trying not to get so, be so accepting. Okay. So, um, so anyway, uh, yeah, back the, the buy sell did happen. Uh, I was a very nerve wracking lunch and I was very relieved when he said, no, you can buy me out. And, um, so I'm like, oh, now I got to pay him off. How am I going to do that? It's 2008. <laughs> you know, we got no sales. Well, I can start with his, start with his salary. I don't have to pay that. Okay, uh, so uh, that's the situation I was in, and fortunately, uh, we we stayed the course. Uh, I had my team even took a, a salary reduction, which, you know, you hear people, oh yeah, they they you know, but to try to re to sit down with a bunch of guys in a room and and tell them that you're going to reduce their salaries, you know, it's very difficult to do, and um, uh, and you know. It's like, oh, are these guys going to leave for somewhere better? But you know, no one left on a, on account of that, and and we ended up, you know, quickly going back up to their normal salaries to try to stem, you know, stem the tide there, and we and we did, and so um, so now we're back on. Now I'm back on plane. Uh, my oil and gas company is is rolling along in its trials and tribulations, and and the and and oil and gas is 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 really for big corporations to deal with it's 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 a it's a, a whole different animal i've learned a ton uh it's big it's high stakes poker that's what it is and it's and you just got to have a lot of money uh because it's just hit or miss hit or miss hit or miss and you got to keep rolling no matter how many misses you got you got to keep going and the money's got to be there but anyways it, you know that was going on but it was it was um 
it was uh, under a different purpose now. Now I had the company air compliance growing back. And so uh, while that thing is now, it's starting to grow. Okay. Coming out of the recession, I'm not, I, I'm not waiting for my partner's contribution to assist in the next step. I'm just use, doing it at my own pace. I'm making ways. I, uh, uh, you know, I, I, I have a, uh, uh, you know, at the time, even when Al was there, we had a systems guy. And uh, so the systems guy was able to replace Al in, in his, um, uh, uh, in the no normal everyday stuff. And so, uh, we ended up uh, keeping him and and then we ended up growing pretty, pretty, pretty well. Uh, and so it kept my attention going. And then along the way, uh, there was a company in Gainesville, a similar testing company like ours. And um, they the, the, the owner was in an accident and um, uh, a site accident doing testing. And and the one of the. Um, employees that uh, also did a lot of our analysis for one of the services that we provide. And he knew our company well. And he said, you guys want to uh, open a company, you want to, you want to run this company down in Gainesville, Florida. And um, uh, because the guy was, uh, was not going to, he was going to sell it. So we purchased that company cheap, uh, kind of an asset purchase. And um, it was a small company. I think they had, uh, well, they had, uh, the one doctor uh, uh, that was the guy that we knew and um, uh, he was doing the analysis side. And then they had uh, a secretary uh, it was Steve Neck, the owner. And, um, and then there was like five or six employees. And so they had, they had the Florida, uh, they did a lot of stuff down in Florida. And, um, and uh, so uh, I went down there and, and we did it. So I did my first kind of a acquisition um, uh, with employees. I I actually I actually did some some equipment acquisitions from some closed out firms along the way to get more equipment that I heard that people closing down in Cincinnati and and up in uh, Detroit. And I bought their equipment over the years, but uh, there was no employees, no business. But this was actually a they had they had accounts receivable, accounts payable, and you know it was a business. And Steve ran it for like thirty years, so it was a, a well entrenched business. Um, so I I did that, uh, and that was a uh, an eye opener too. Okay, because here <laughs> now I was probably younger than most of the guys, a couple few, the half the guys that worked there. <laughs> And I came in and my ideas weren't their ideas, okay, at all. And uh, I was like, okay, uh, uh, you know, they were very stubborn to change. And uh, some of them left, I mean, like all but like two. And then um, so uh, we were supporting it over the years from a top, from afar, we would bring, I'd ship guys down and they didn't mind you coming down in December and January <laughs> going to Florida. Um, raising their hands. Sure. So, yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, it kind of worked out. You know, those guys would do some of the simpler ones and then the guys would do the bigger jobs from Cleveland. And, um, and so that, that was uh, a lesson in, um, in that. And then ultimately what happened down there is, um, uh, we got, we got a fire. There was a fire at the, at the office. And, um, 
and it basically totaled the entire office. Um, uh, the, the, uh, every, you know, the smoke damage permeated the entire place and they, you know, they wrote, they wrote the entire, all the assets, everything off. And so, um, at that, so I got a nice big check from this uh, fire and I said, well, what am I going to do? Am I going to put this money back into here or am I going to keep this and pour it into air compliance Cleveland and I'll keep the client base. So I ended up keeping the client base. Um, I think uh, the office was, um, there was just, we did, we kept like the garage open or something and we, we didn't lease half of the other office. We didn't need it anymore. There was a garage to park the equipment and the guys would come down and do stuff just remotely. The, the other two guys, they left. And um, because for a the while there, we were just dead in the water with this fire and they just left. They were, they were done anyway. And they were done, probably done with me. And, um, um, and so I, I never, it, was good, I never, it was a good, I never heard stories about the details of that. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Nelson, it was gone. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I it was kind of worked out actually. Pardon? It worked out nicely. Yeah, it kind of worked like, out, Jack. Yeah. It, yeah. yeah. It did work out well because it was, it wasn't, it was, um, it was, it just was stagnating there and my guys were doing it and, there was some low price competition there and there was like two or three Remember other that. ones right, that okay. were low price. And it's really hard. It's really hard to overcome low price competition if they don't have a problem testing. And then I, you know, I have to put all that travel in it. So I was kind of, it was kind of waning. So I, it was a home run in the end for me from a from a money standpoint. So, 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 um, so through that process, so it sounds like you got a, a tremendous uh, opportunity to not only test your team in Ohio, but then give them experience with, with going to Florida, doing different kind of things. And so you're probably feeling pretty good about your team in Ohio. And in the meantime, you were starting to really divide your time to where, if I recall, you were in Cleveland, maybe Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and you were in Southeast Ohio the rest of the time. And you, and you were, you were really getting roots settled down and, and to give people a sense, you know, you, you started by, you know, buying, buying a farmhouse down there, but um you currently have is it 800 acres is that right p uh, about 800 yeah. acres. so mm -hmm. so you spent and it, it didn't all come at once but you know over time you started to, to accumulate quite a bit of property um you know you're kind of doing stuff but at some point um there was an idea or an offer you know how did all of a sudden the idea to sell air compliance how did that how'd that come about you know you know kind of where where was your head when that was kind of coming about you know i think you were thinking about options you know because you were thinking about maybe i don't know if you're looking at, at an esop as well but you, you were thinking about just different options in terms of you were trying to plan or get ready for an exit because you, you really wanted to spend more time on your farm it seemed like that was really was, was kind of pulling you but kind of talk about that kind of process in terms of as you're trying to balance all these things you know was it a plan thing where you you, you put the company for sale or did you know did, did the offer come in you know talk about that kind of process as things kind of you know came to a conclusion for air compliance well, um, I've always, yeah, yeah okay. I, I knew that I did not want to run a company the rest of my life. I, I, I was, it was a means to the end. It was a means to an end. And part of that, again, was Jack, okay? So when I was 18, he had some partners in Ellicottville, New York, and they were businessman farmers. 
and um, they were Jack's partners in various business, real estate, trend, whatever. I don't even know how it stuff. And I was 17 years old, not 18, 17. So I graduated from high school. I was a prodigy. Okay. <laughs> no, that's what I was telling you. <laughs> my, but my mom said, I should have held you back. I should have held you back. No, I was, no, I tell the other way. I, said, I was a prodigy. So I got out early. Right. Um, but anyway, I uh, got out of high school in June and Jack, Jack said, I got a couple of buddies. We can use some help in Ellicottville, New York, working on, they got a farm. You like farms and woof, woof, away I go. Underage, got my car, drove away. And, uh, and, and Jack had a place up there as well, uh, a, a place, a cottage up there that he was a cabin. The cabin, it was a great place. And, and uh, it's in the old, ski, it's in the ski town and it's in the summer in the ski town. If you can picture that, it's just, a, it was a great experience for me. I've always, I admired uh, Dennis Omahan and his life uh, and, and he had a farm and he had, it was just his hobby. And, and I, and it, it, it was the picture in my head that ultimately I wanted to be. And, um, and so that picture was in my head. So as is in in the, when I was running air compliance over the years, including with Al, we had some people interested in buying the company, and but the 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 profit margin was too small that it made didn't make sense for us to walk away. It just made sense for us to stay there and build up a better profit margin, you know, net profit and EBITDA in order to get a multiple that would make sense to to, to give it up. And so now that I got rid of Al, that it was easier to achieve that because I didn't have to divide it in two. And um, uh, I had a couple of offers. I had, a, you know, I sat down with a couple of people uh, over the years with Al. And, um, and so I knew the process of sitting down and people talking about the business. So one day I, uh, back in 2012 or so, I got a call from, uh, a young uh, a, a guy that uh, him and his partner, a woman who are fresh graduates from uh, Wharton School of Business. And um, they uh, I'm sitting on my farm down here and the phone rings and he's, he introduces himself and he says, I want to buy your business. I'm rolling up all of these companies like yours across the country. And you can be a part of it or you or you could be a competitor to ours. And, and, and I said, well, you know, what do you, what do you, what, you know, I'm, I'm interested in hearing what you have to say. Okay. And I said to him, well, listen, I don't want any attachment, this and contingent upon this, and you can be continue, you know, all this, this hedge your bets, cover your ass, put all the stress on the business owner, you know, like he hasn't had any stress for the last 20 years, you know, all right, you know, keep it going during the hope. Here's the carrot. You know, I said, I don't want any of that. If you're going to have any of that crap, don't even talk to me. I want to cash out. I want a cash offer and walk away. And the kid says to me, I can do that. I said, okay, well, let's talk. <laughs> so we talked, um, and we met up at the airport one day and um, at a, at a, he flew in and we met at an airport hotel and we had lunch and we talked and the deal made sense to me. Uh, I was done. Uh, just so happened another friend of mine, Barlack, uh, Jack, Paul Barlack, uh, he stopped by, oh, a couple, you know, Mary Jane and Paul. Uh, okay. He stopped yeah. by a couple months before. 
and looked at me and said, I think it's time for you to sell this business. You seem to be a little bit strung out. You know, I had the, 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 the uh, business down in, in Ohio. I had my farm dream pending. I had this going. And then the transition from generational transition with younger guys um, and the cell phone technology and how they were basically you go in the back room and they're on their cell, but it doesn't matter. Their production is still there. But to my old eyes, <laughs> there's so much to do. So I was kind of getting fed up with her. So the timing was good. And um, Paul, Paul planted that seed in my head. He said, you know, you ought to consider it. Well, this offer came and I took it. I talked to Jack and you guys, I believe at the time. Yep. And I said, what do you think? Does this make sense? Does, you know, you guys kind of even said, yeah, I remember Jack saying, yeah, it, it makes sense, P. And so um, uh, I took the offer and um, it, it turned out, uh, you know, well, he was very generous in his um, operating capital, uh, minimal operating capital. I, I received the accounts received, most of the accounts receivable at the time as well. So that, that helped the cause. Uh, I ended up um, uh, getting into a fresh 10-year lease on the building uh, that I own, that I bought the building that I was in. And, um, and so that really helped the cash flow. Um, and, um, and so, uh, that's, they're, they're still paying, paying today. They actually renewed their lease for another five years. Uh, so, uh, I'm, I'm, that was very, very, uh, instrumental in the whole process. Um, and so, um, that, that, that's how that occurred. Excellent. And, and, and then, and then I, then go ahead, go ahead. No, so I, I recall they, they pretty much, pretty much met your demands. I think you had like a 60 days. You had to stick around something like or 90 days, something that you, you, there was an escrow for yeah, like 90 90 days. days. And then, yeah. Mm -hmm. And then, and then you were literally, you tapped out. You're like, I'm done. Drop the mic. And I, you know, I'm, I'm out of here. Oh, you were, you were all excited with, with that one. And rightfully so, you know, yeah. I've never seen you so excited. You know, it, just, it, yeah, it was a perfect transition. Perfect, perfect for what you were doing and thinking. <laughs> And yeah, and, that I agree with you. I couldn't agree with you more. The one more person was more excited than me. It was my wife, right? She was, she finally, <laughs> she put in her resignation multiple times. <laughs> I would not accept it. During, right. <laughs> during, and, so uh, she was uh, the sales and marketing director for the, for the audience here. And uh, I met her as a client and, um, and, you know, yeah, I did. The, you're not supposed to mess with your clients. Well, I did. Okay, and, uh, it worked out okay. But it's, it's worked out pretty good. She was, uh, she was, yeah, she was ready to retire uh, as well. So um, I, I ended up um, uh, doing that. That it was the textbook transition. Uh, experienced the, the lame duck syndrome that you have as an owner. Uh, okay. You know, it's kind of one of those things. It's like when you realize that you're going to die. Okay. <laughs> right. You, you know, like you're, it's kind of a somber moment of yourself. You know, I'm, I'm going to die. Okay. <laughs> and, uh, uh, and you're like, Whoa, I better kind of rethink about the rest of my life here. Cause it's not that long. Well, now you're, you're in your company, you walk in the door and say, the, the guys just don't like pay that. I can just sense that they just don't care about me that much. They never really cared about me, but respected me right. more. Now it's just like a lame duck. Okay. And so I, I ended up getting into the corner office, not the main corner office, the kind of rejected corner office. And, <laughs> and there was hardly anything. Nobody talked to me. 
And so it worked out pretty well. And then I just kind of evaporated out of the office. And um, so here I am at the farm. My, my dream is starting, right? Right. So uh, the oil and gas business, cyclic as it may be, kind of kind of started to go the other way. And the partnership ended um, in a actual lawsuit. Uh, so, you know, uh, I was at that extreme with this partnership um, for uh, the guy was um, basically a criminal and um, uh, he, he, he had no. Yeah, he, he he had no morals. He did not. He believed his own lies in the end, and um, so that was also a, a very stressful time in in uh, dive, you know basically divesting that that uh, business and 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 getting uh, backing out of it. And it just so happened uh, that it it worked out in the end for me and the investors. And I'm I'm very happy about that, and I I don't uh, I don't feel bad at all. There's no remorse uh, as far as me uh, on the uh, on the partners or on the, the investment partners, and um, the my endeavor. I, I it was a very uh, hard le- learned a lot of hard lessons, and um, and I, I'm better for it. Uh, but I'm it aged me, but I'm better for it. Um, so yeah. That, 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 that went down, um, that, that went away. Uh, I operate a little bit of uh, my own stuff and, uh, and, uh, that that's all that I have left at, at this point and that's fine. Um, but the, the company still, there's a little bit of gas coming in and they still got the shingle out, but there's no, there's no development or investment in that anymore. It's all the big guys moved down in here. Um, that was one of the helpers uh, for me is that they leased up a bunch of the stuff that I had in place. Um, and I wasn't ever, ever thought of that in the beginning. It just so happened that that's the way it worked. That actually, that's the way it worked for everybody around here, that these guys came in here and swooped up and leased up all the stuff that I was holding. And they paid me a lot of money for that. And, and that money, I was able to pay back my investors, uh, everything they put into it. And there's actually some cash flows coming in um, for, for my investors, small, you know, some of them are maybe 100, 100, 200 dollars a month, 50 bucks, 75 a month, but they have nothing in it and it should be the rest of their lives. So I always try to try, try to beat that investment. Okay. Right. So uh, anybody proposes an investment to me, go ahead, try to do that one. Right. They all, they all, they all, they all kid me. A lot of them were my friends and, you know, pretty people I knew and they're like, Oh uh, yeah, we're still waiting for our one twentieth of one eighth royalty check, and you know, and, you know, you know it, 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 it's all it's all good there. So that 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 ended well, that ended, and um, and then I started um, to take the money that I accumulated over the last of my lifetime, and uh, started another partnership. So, all right, so all right, so. Let's recap. So here we go. And, and, and a couple things too. So you mentioned the, the real estate part, right? So you, you sold the business, but you kept the real estate and, and, and it's a great thing. You know, company signed a lease, long-term lease. You have other real estate too. You talked about your, your first apartment in terms of how you finance that with, you know, with, with, with the four units stuff, but you have, you still have other properties. You have a partner in that business, if, if I recall, right? Is that Dean, right? And that's a guy you met through Jack. Is yeah, that's Dean. Right? Okay. So, so you still have some real estate stuff that, you know, that's there, but um, you know, so for you, and again, it goes back to your, to your early days. One of the first things you did was, was buy apartment building. So again, so you, you've always kind of been, you know, been kind of doing those things. 
at that point, once you sold Eric Appliance, you're, you're now still kind of the city guy, but you you were ensconced enough, you know, down there that you you know you you, you kind of knew how things worked, right? So yeah, so hey, you sold Eric Appliance, I, you know, I got rent checks coming in, you know, I'm building up my stuff down here, you know, I got through my oil and gas stuff, and now I can just go back to your 17 year old self in Ellicottville, and you're thinking about now that's going to be you, P, right? You're going to be that farmer guy, everything's going to be happy, and everything's great, and there's no problems whatsoever, and you know things have been hunky dory less eight or 10 years. Right. I mean, there's been no, there's been no issues, no, no problems. Right. It's been, it's been easy go. Right. Is, <laughs> yeah. is, that, is, that, is that how retirement goes? Pete? <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah. Well, DJ, DJ, they, DJ, the whole DJ, thing DJ, is watch DJ, what you ask right. for. Right. Okay. <laughs> so, um, yeah. Yeah. So <laughs> I, uh, I'm living the dream and, um, uh, you know, so yeah, the partner I have now, my last and final partner, is uh, Dean Dina Simis, um, you know, and um, uh, I've known Dean my entire life. Went to kindergarten with Dean. Uh, we uh, we had our uh, we had period of our life where he he raised kids and I raised a business, and then we came back together. Um, and now um, there's a huge amount of trust. Uh, it'd be like uh, going into business with you two. Um, I could uh, probably not have to worry about a lot of anything. I I I would I I feel that if I got in business with you two, I probably wouldn't I wouldn't do a buy sell agreement. Okay, I, I wouldn't. You guys would force me to do that, but I wouldn't. <laughs> I wouldn't. You would advise me. You know, you no, know, you have to force me sometimes. I know I need to be forced. Okay, that's right. But, uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, Dean and I, uh, the, the, the partnerships we have on, on commercial real estate um, buildings um, are, are one, they're one-offs each one and their own separate, uh, you know, uh, percentage ownership. Uh, we're, we're both very tolerant of human, of human beings, uh, uh, you know, and, and at, at, at age 61 years old, that. you know, and so, yeah, we, we are tolerant of each other and you just kind of let it go. And uh, we looked at each other and said, you know, if, if, if I'm going to screw you and you're going to screw me, you're screwed for eternity. Okay. So we're not going to screw ourselves for eternity. (laughs) Um, So we're, we're good. And um, it's exciting. Uh, We actually engaged his son and his son's friend, actual business partner, uh, these guys are 30s, early 30s, and uh, bright guys. One guy's an engineer, uh, and and Dean's son James is a, an attorney with an MBA. As Dean's an MBA with a finance guy, an economics guy with an MBA from Case, and then Dean's son James's friend Tommy Hassan is a, uh, a civil engineer. And a uh, M, he's got a, a master's in engine and construction management, and uh, and those two are interested in real estate, and they are James is doing that full time working for a Jewish uh, investment group, and Tommy is working for not Gilbane. Does he work for Gilbane? He might work for Gilbane, um, running big projects, and he has all the trades every day. So they're developing these two young guys got stuff in Tremont, Ohio city. Well, they drug in Dean and I who are, you know, not the high energy, but we have, we have the, uh, the, the money 
And um, so we're setting up partnerships uh, for various developments that are energized by these two guys. And, but we're, we're feeling the stress, you know, Got, can't get rid of that stress. Okay. You, you know, this, 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 you can't let the good in. That's what motivates you. That's yeah, exactly. now that you're becoming an old dog, you're gonna see that even more. So, <laughs> yeah, exactly. exactly. Yeah, right. So I'm getting my I'm getting my main line of stress here. So I'm the the, the IV is not in the screen. Okay, it's going in the background. Uh, so, um, you know, it, it it's exciting. Um, you know, uh, there, you ask myself why um, why am I doing it? Why am I trying to build wealth? Uh, because I can, I guess is the answer. It's more of a payback for, for all the hard work that I've done, uh, and been totally involved in It's a payback the way I look at it. It's, it's, it's easy money, uh, in real relative to, to everything I've done to point to this point. And so it, it's just, um, uh, I'm just doing it because I can, um, uh, and, and, and maybe I'll be a philanthropic in the end and in some causes that that are meaningful to me since i don't have we don't have any kids so i got that brewing in the background and every day something comes up uh whatever a new site uh whatever comes up and and we ain't looking at it. we got we just bought a site in, in royalton dean and i um and we have the boys tied into it very loosely a small percentage and um and uh, we uh, we knocked down an old Chinese restaurant and we're looking at uh, trying to get a big chain in their coffee shop or something. Uh, we had a Starbucks look at it, but we didn't have enough uh, depth for a, a parking or a drive through queue. Uh, is that, but, uh, is that we're, we're, Royalton? We're, yeah, right over there. What's that? Is that Royalton? Yeah, that's, uh, you know, across from the uh, Giant Eagle there, uh, the yeah, old Burger King. That. Yeah, I drove yeah. by there. And saw State it. there, State State in uh, eighty two, right? So, okay. isn't yeah. there is there yeah. a big right next to uh, Alley's Chocolate? What's that? Is there a big poster of PJ there smiling and waving? Yeah, yeah. Hi, hey. Hi Jack. <laughs> this is mine, right? And just waving at you. Here it is. <laughs> so, so, so so anyway, um, I got that in the background, and here's the farm, right? So. Right. Um, it can't just be a nice relaxing place. It has to be an enterprise, right? It has to be an enterprise. It has to, it has to start to make some sense in my mind, right? I got to make it complicated. I got to form an LLC and, uh, Hey, look, you know, Valley Ridge farms, wearing the colors. Uh, so Louise and I decided want to start ourselves our, ourselves and she was reluctant again, but she hangs in there. Okay. She just, I don't know what's wrong. Oh, yeah. she hangs in there. And so she, we start this uh, farm business, which is grass fed. It's, it's the, it's the new wave of, um, uh, it's 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 the way it's the way of the future. I, I, I um, the, it's sustainable agriculture that is um it seems to be it's been going as you well know uh, we started this thing actually i started really raising animals sustainably back around 2006 or 7 and i think i've talked to you guys about it and you, you know you look at me sometimes you look at me and you can't get the same excitement you don't see the same excitement as I do, just like in the oil and gas. You guys would have had that booming $75 a month, okay, if you would have invested in my company. Uh, but uh, uh, 
anyways, the farm, uh, I, I see a vision of, of the farm um, uh, being part of this sustainable agricultural uh, movement. And um, it's higher margin products, uh, in our case, grass-fed beef. Um, uh, we also do like a, almost like a little bit of homesteading here. Uh, Louise is, uh, actually, she really enjoys the can and, and the freeze and we raise chickens and have eggs and we raise chickens for our own meat and organically feed them and, and pasture raise, um, uh, you know, our, uh, everything, the, the, the chickens go out on, uh, are released outside all day long and eat worms and bugs and stuff. And so the micronutrients that are in the eggs and, blah 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 so that movement is pretty um is is really gained a lot of ground since like 2006 as you guys probably see it. it's now you can see grass-fed pasture-raised products in the in the in the supermarkets and um and so uh we, we've been on that we've been on that ride uh with uh various uh uh there you know uh, all kinds of things uh <laughs> that that have uh that uh taking uh, starting a farm from scratch mostly farms are passed down from generation to generation for good for good cause because this farm right now if i was to receive this as a young guy wow i could really take it to the next level but like air compliance starting it from scratch takes 20 years okay with a lot of reinvestment a lot of infrastructure, a lot of raw effort, a lot of no cash flow, a lot of labor love, uh, you know, and not to say that taking a company from, from uh, $2 million to $5 million, you know, stuff 2 million to 5 million of a, you know, bigger work is not easy either. But that initial startup is really, it's really hard. It's, it's a lean, it's a lean, it's a lean period. <laughs> Um, and, um, and so that's what we have undertaken here. And, um, you know, you know, I'm not getting any younger and, and, and there's still a lot of demands, uh, but we have, um, we have a pretty decent, um, last, uh, several years we sell out all of our beef. Um, you know, it's, it's not the main income. It, it kind of just pays for the enterprise itself. I have to contribute this is a place where we live and I, and I do want some things that are above a necessity. So those costs more than an, an actual, than the business would require if I didn't, if I deprive myself of those things like bulldozers and skid steers and stuff that I like to do to keep the property, you know, yeah, toys. Yeah. So, you know, if you took all those out, you probably could scratch a poor living on it at this point. And to take it to the next level, just like a small business requires uh, another level of input. And, um, and I, quite frankly, I don't want to do that. And, um, and I just, um, I, I'm happy where I'm at. I'm trying to make small improvements and, uh, you know, we've had floods, we've had all kinds of things, uh, mother nature throws at you here. Uh, but you know, I, I keep uh, harkening back to Dennis Omahan and, and Ellicottville Jack's opportunity he gave me. And, um, uh, you know, I think I recreated it to the, the best I probably oh, could. You've so. done well. You've done well with it. You still are. Mm -hmm. So we, we need, I need a story though. I need a story about your house. You got to talk about no. <laughs> Well, you know, you were, you kind were of a, in, 
you're in between uh, stressors. You need it. Yes, exactly, Jack. So <laughs> when, when we, you know, back in the day, that all the farmhouses were built close to the road because the road was, you know, a horse and carriage, and there was not much, you know, that it was like you wanted to be exit. You don't want to be way back away from the road. Uh, you want to be close to the road. So you can, you know, get to it easy back in the day. Plus, this is Appalachian, a lot of hills down here. And so you, you can't really, you know, yet, you know, if you have any flat land in the back, you don't want to put a house. You want to make some sort of pasture or hayfield with it. So this house we bought was close to the road. And we never really liked that. And um, because if a car comes by, it's quite disrupting. So in, in 2000 and... Um, well, we sold the business. So now I'm here full time, right? I got no more, I, you know, the oil and gas business is kind of winding down. I got no stressors. So PJ, I said, PJ is bored. Why don't we move right. this house? He's bored. So he's got to do some stuff. Okay. Let's move. <laughs> move the house. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So why don't we move this house? And she goes, wow. And she's like, oh, wow. You know, I'm like, you know, we could just move it back over there by uh, behind the barn over there. And, and I said, get it off the road. And, and, uh, you know, we get a price on it. And, and so I got a price. It was like 30 some thousand bucks to move a house, to move that, pick up a house and move it like 30,000 bucks. I'm like, wow, this is, that ain't, that's pretty good for moving a house. Right. It's an old farmhouse, two fireplaces, big, you know, it's big, 3,300 square foot house. It's, you know, got a, you know, a lot of character. So we decided to, to not just move it behind the barn. We're going to move it, uh, from the road a hundred feet up on top of a hill. And so, um, and so I said to Louise, where do you want to put this? She goes, well, if we're going to move it, let's move it there. But as long as this thing don't take more than three weeks, I'm okay. I'll, it's okay. I said, he said it would be done in a couple of weeks. We'll go, we'll give it a week, three weeks. All right, we're good. So we engage this process. They lift the house. Well, they did catch the utilities. So we have to, the power is a generator on the porch and we, you can leave the pictures in the wall and the glasses in the cupboards. So they lift up the house. We're sleeping and staying in this house. But fortunately we have a garage next to the house that had an outside shower and a bathroom. And, and so that was our pseudo house with water, our kitchen, and we had a shower and then we slept in the house. And we had two cats and two dogs. So <clears throat> they move the house up, pick it up. They move it to the front yard. They turn it around. And now they have to move it up this 700 and some foot driveway straight up this hill that they made this 75 foot wide driveway out of the, the hill. They, they demoed this whole hill. Another company do the, the site work. And they dragged this house up to this curve, this, to this one plateau in the middle of the, at the end of the driveway, it's a temporary because we have to go up another 200 feet up to the top of the house where the house is actually going to sit. So they had to, they had to clear the, finish clearing the top and make this road for the second move. And we sat up in this area for about two weeks. So now we're about three weeks into this thing. She's still hanging in there. We're living, sleeping in the house, got a generator on the front porch for electricity. And then we're going down in the garage. Now it's July. It's like 90. 
in the garage down there. We're sitting with picnic tables. We have a fan or we have the refrigerator. That's our kitchen down there, the bathroom. And we brought the, the washer and dryer in the garage and we just hooked up um, hoses to it and put the drain in right into the sewer in there. You know, is it? And the dryer just was out outside. You open the door, let the vent outside. So we're in there for three weeks. This is great, you know, and uh, can't wait. The house is sitting in the back. We go back and forth every day. You pee in a bucket at night because you got nowhere to pee, you know, in the middle of the night. You got to, you know, and so I, I had to do the morning thing. Fill the generator gas, empty the pee bucket, and then go back down to the garage. So finally they finished the, the, the hill up on top of the house, uh, the road, and the flat area, and they're going to come and move us up to the top. And they, they, the day comes and they start moving. They get about three quarters of the way up this 200 foot hill and the back jack of the holding the house is they're rolling this thing with a, with bulldozers, this hundred tons it weighed, 99 tons, this house weighed. They had a tractor trailer pulling it with an excavator uh, uh, in front of it with a cable in front of the tractor trailer. Then they had two bulldozers pushing this house up the hill with a back jack, jack drop. The house fell about eight feet hit the ground house was completely destroyed in in an instant and we videoed this so quite emotional as you can imagine um what am i going to do now okay so uh uh you know i whoa yeah what's going on here so um the shock it was shock we were in shock and so um anyways four o'clock came that day oh uh, they jacked it back up to level it out chalked it right in place on this hill for the insurance company to come and everybody left around 4 30 and here are louise and i that don't go in the house it could fall down don't go in the house we have to sleep in the house so we end up going in the house and sleeping in the house we had nowhere else to go we couldn't go anywhere we had two cats two dogs we couldn't go to town we were a half hour 35 minutes from town so we we had to stay in this house. We put a glass of water on the, uh, Louise had an idea of putting a glass of water with a magic marker and filled it right up to the, if the, you can see, if you saw the meniscus of the water change from your magic marker, it was time to get out of the house because huh. it's starting to move. Okay. <laughs> so it wasn't very good restful sleep. <laughs> so uh, in about a, we were there for probably a week and they finally got us a, a camper down in the driveway we stayed in the camper from july till october which was pure hell i'll never step in one of those camper trailers go go camping in a camper again um and and so uh it was just terrible it is the most terrible thing in the world and then we ended up getting a mobile home where the old house was located hooked up to the utility connections where the old house was and stayed in the mobile home for one year until they built the house and um up on top where where we intended to put the old house and lo and behold i you know i never made that three-week promise i made that my wife was pretty just like the rest of them with oh this is a great idea okay so so that's the house story you got a lot of good good stories you do We, we should have you on again you know, I think uh, we can go. We can go a long time with you. Sure. Well, and if I recall, <laughs> yeah, good stuff. Well, if I recall, you got to play the the, the general contractor for, for for that year, didn't you? P. So you know, you got to put all the skills that you had to work. It's like it's like anything else. Again, it's uh, as it, listening to, to, to you tell the story, the one of the words that keeps popping it in, into my mind is the word opportunity. And there are things like you know, 
uh, as you're describing with Louise, saying, well, yeah, things just kind of dropped my lap. Well, those things drop in, I think, most people's laps. I think the difference is you stop and pause and look at them and consider them, and okay, you see the opportunity there. Whereas most folks might see a pain in the ass or a problem. So you're just trying to say, is there an opportunity or not? And as you've gone through your career, it's easier to be able to kind of spot those things and be able to kind of put them to use. But it's great to know, again, one of the things that we talk to our clients about is having that kind of vision. As you, as you described that, that vision you had you know, at 17 and, and kind of where you are today, you seem to have achieved a version of that for sure in terms of, in terms of what's, you know, it's again, it's it's your version. Of it. But again, it's interesting how it was a fuzzy 17-year-old had some ideas and then you look back now and say, Shit, what are you? It's, 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 it's come, gone pretty well from that standpoint. And <clears throat> I can tell that you're having fun, which is important too. People lose sight of that, you know, in terms of, yeah, you know, there's ups and downs, but again, that's, that's part of life. But you, you know, you can't imagine being anywhere else at this point. It doesn't sound like, which is, which is, no, I, you're exactly correct. You're exactly correct on that. I, I, I do, I do, I do owe a lot to Jack um, in, in nurturing those, um, uh, that that thinking process, um, big a big influence in in nurturing that because, like you said, a lot of people see them and they and they're reluctant to act on them. And and um, you you uh, you need to uh, you know you, you need to consider the negatives and the positives, of course. But yeah, you, 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 you got to take that leap of faith, and and you have to pour everything in, 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 and not, you know, the message that, you know, you know, the object Jack instilled a lot of optimism in, in engaging in ideas, you know, whatever they are. And because he can't evaluate or anybody in myself, anybody can't evaluate what's going to work and what's not going to work a hundred percent of the time, but you have to take each one of those opportunities and and be optimistic about it and keep moving forward and and um and and you know and so that that's that's a skill that I, I would say that people need to embrace if they want if they want to uh, you know do various uh, entrepreneurial activities I, I I can say that Al Schreiner did have that uh, he he was a very he's a very optimistic. He was a very optimistic kind of guy in in, in at, at the times, you know, very, a very, he's a very political, he very, he could be a good politician in a sense, <laughs> you know, it's all good, you know, keep going. And, you know, and what, you know, what do they do? You know, yeah, nice to see you with their handshake to the right, you know, uh, you know, that's my interpretation of politicians, not to say that Al was totally like that, like a politician, but his enthusiasm was right. political, like, and it really helped out at times because there are some low points but in general, that's what it takes. And, 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 you know, you guys know that entrepreneurial activities require, you know, overnight successes, you know, is 10 to 20 years. Okay. <laughs> you, know, oh, yeah. you, know, you know, so you, you gotta be optimistic. You gotta, you gotta stay the course. You, you gotta, you gotta have endurance and, um, and, and, you know, the, the only thing that helps is optimism. And, right. uh, you know, you, you know, that's what, that's what I think well, both of you guys, what well, I know. Thanks, of you, I thanks for the, thanks for the wonderful compliments. I appreciate those, but uh, yeah, they're, they're you know, not, you're, you're the guy, who, genuine. You're the guy who's achieved. You're the guy who's achieved. And now that's, what's important. Your, your makeup is still that way since you were a kid. And it's, it's funny how you can spot that. You can spot that. Usually, if it's there, somewhere along the line, there's going to be something that 
that just makes you stand out differently. And in your case, that's it. And you, you look at the opportunities and you sort them the right way. Adam does the same thing. I got 20 years. I mean, most people aren't married that long, right? And it's just- uh, <laughs> That's right. It, it takes the right kind of individual and they don't come along very often. They just don't. <clears throat> and when you see one, clutch on to them one way or another and, and uh, there'll be success. So- Yeah. So, Good. Well, I appreciate those words. So, so, so to wrap this up a little bit, you know, uh, we talk about the, the asset. We talk a lot about partners here, and, and that's one of the areas that, that that we focus a lot on. And and between Al and your your partner in the oil and gas, and Dean, and and you forgot your last partner, which is Louise. You know, because you know Louise is a partner not only in life for you, but also in you know, everything on the farm and and, and and everything else that's kind of going on as well. You know, <clears throat> you know, if you as you think about all that experience you've had with those partners, be. Are, are there certain pieces of uh, wisdom or guidance or advice that, that, that you kind of sum up in terms of either, I don't know, if it's things that you look for in a partner or just, you know, things to do. Again, you, you, you mentioned a buy-sell agreement a few times. Are, are there certain kind of things that as you sit back and think about now, if you form a new partnership, here's what, you know, here are my couple key things to kind of look for or, or, or be aware of. Anything like that you could share with the audience, Pete? Huh. I, I, at this stage in my life, I, I, the first, for some reason, the first thing keeps coming out of my mouth is I'm done with partners. Okay. You know, <laughs> Been there, done that. Okay. <laughs> yeah. That, that, that's the first thing that comes out of my mind. Um, uh, you know, that they are quite, they are like a marriage. Um, and, um, there, there definitely needs to be a reason for the partnership. A lot of times, it's lack of, it seems like it's almost lack at the onset, it, it would be for lack of confidence, um, more than, um, uh, more than, than needing another, a different skill set. See the, 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 the skill set need is the biggest driver. This partner should have a skill set that complements your skill set. Um, and, and then, so then you're respective of each other's skill sets and, you um you know you give and take uh for the end goal uh and again at the onset is the time to structure the partnership um you know that's the critical period to structure the partnership that you would have and the the partner you're going to be with this person as much or more than your wife or husband okay or partner whatever you want to call it these days and, um, and so this person, you better, you better kind of get along with, uh, pretty well. Um, and you, you gotta kind of like them a lot, uh, because you're going to, you're going to eat some crap. Okay. From delivered from this partner. And so, uh, that was, that was my advice on partners. And if you can, if you can do without one, um, go for it, um, you know, uh, you can engage minority partners, giving people, you know, another big uh, lesson that I've learned uh, from Jack, and it's really rung true in the, in, as I look back at all my uh, history is you, you don't have to have the entire pie. You, you don't have to always be the uh, majority. You can't always hoard everything. If you can bring somebody in and and give them a, a share of, of something, 
that's okay. You know, it, you know, it'll pay dividends and, and ultimately you still have control being the majority and you're engaging their, their efforts um, as well at, at a full, at a, at, at a, probably a, a more uh, higher contributory uh, pace or, or effort because they have ownership. And so if you're, if you're starting out and you need somebody, well, maybe a small percentage or just hire them or, you know, just try to stay independent if you can, because you'll avoid some possible problems. But sometimes there's a school shit you need and you need partners. But again, evaluate them like you evaluate a life partner because they become one. That's the bottom line. Good. Well said, P. I I figured because you, you've been through a lot of these things, you know, like I said, you know, you've seen the ups and downs and there's really probably not much you haven't seen in terms of partnerships. So I figured it'd be great to hear from, from, from your perspective um you know what's going on and, and as you tell the story about what you and dean are doing with his son and his partner too again we're all of a sudden you're now bringing that, that, that next generation in and you and you're doing what you talk about you, you know give them a little bit right it's okay and so you're you're living what you're talking about which is you know, which is always always fantastic to see so um before we let you go are, are there any other things that you wanted to to to, to cover today that, that you wanted to share with the audience or or stories you wanted to share, or, or jabs you wanted to get in at Jack. Again, anything else you wanted to have before we <laughs> before we let you get to the rest of your day? Because you know, we appreciate you taking so much time. I know you've got lots of things to do on the farm every day, and so uh, we appreciate you taking an hour and a half of your time this morning to kind of talk to us. But is there anything else that you wanted to make sure that you got got off your chest or or, or kind of got out there for everybody? Ah, let me try to think. Um... Not really. I, I mean, uh, uh, you know, as far as partners, like you mentioned earlier about Louise uh, being the farm partner uh, and my wife, uh, life partner, uh, she worked with me at Air Compliance Testing. And um, she, the the old, uh, you could get some uh, podcast on uh, uh, running a, your wife or husband as a business partner. You know, there's a whole psychology about that. So I, I, I lived I lived through that one too. Okay. You know, and I'm currently living through, but the farm is not as high as intensity as, as the <laughs> must, it must finish correctly. Air compliance testing must have a good end game, you know? Um, so uh, it's a lot lower stress, but I I've experienced that. And, and she's, she's actually, uh, I've very, I'm very uh, blessed to have a, a partner like Louise that can tolerate me. Um, but we have <laughs> definitive roles and two, I have two people made for each other. <laughs> yeah, I would, I would say that's about right. We're, you know, she's, um, you know, you know, she's very tolerant of me, but, um, no, I, I in, in closing, I, I think that you guys have been a big influence, even at air compliance testing to me, uh, even though I was, I'm a pushback kind of guy, uh, I would encourage any of your, anybody that's trying to uh, work with you or has problems uh, with their company to just relax and let the outside come in. And you, both you guys um, were very tolerant. You probably would classify me as untrainable, uncoachable if, these, <laughs> if you had to redo it over again. And I, I owe it to you guys uh, to, to, to stay with me, okay? Uh, you would have normally just jettisoned that particular client. Uh, uh, so I, I, I apologize uh, for the efforts that I, uh, the, the increased effort that you guys required in dealing with me. Uh, but uh, so I, I, wanna, I wanna say that and thank you guys uh, for the record. 
and of course my uncle for his big influence on my life so well you thanks that's about you, all my final that's about the final things i gotta well, say right here and that's this good you guys there P, P you, you've always been very coachable. Uh, people, I think, often mistake pushback with not being coachable, but uh, you push back because it's like, hey, you got to make make sure you, I make a good case to you. I'm not just going to do what you tell me, right? So again, well, I've got ideas too. And so um, you, you've always been very coachable that way. And, and so, you know, don't take the pushback as anything other than, hey, we have to do a better job of convincing why our way is better. Or, you know, we put them, you know, we, we kind of put them together. Uh, one of the other okay, areas well, that... that one of the other areas that we do focus on, P, is is we have uh, we've coached about thirty spouses in business together as well, and we do have a track like that. So maybe our Jack, maybe maybe our our next time with P is we, maybe we we bring Louise in here and get her to kind of you know get her side of the story oh. a little bit as well, Good right? Idea. So maybe Good think about idea. that as well. But I'll, I'll, I'll kind of throw that seed out there, plant that seed, and you know who knows that could be that could be a a, a return trip. But uh, uh, this is this has been wonderful. Again, P, we really appreciate you uh, coming on and sharing some of your story uh, with our audience. It's hard to put in, you know, 45 years of entrepreneurial experience into an hour and a half, but you, you did a good job of hitting some of the highlights and you do it very well you, and you tell it with passion. Um, so for our, for our audience out there, if you like what you heard, uh, you can get all of our, our podcasts at our website, dirtysecretsofsmallbusiness.com. Um, they all stand the test of time, much like, like interviews like this, where it's geared to help you, uh, grow and, and, and sustain your small business. Uh, if you go to the, to, to, to the website, you can go on the episodes tab and you, there's a search bar there. You can search whatever topic you want. Uh, if you don't find a, a show that covers your topic, you can feel free to reach out to us either via email at radio at maximum vp.com, or you can give us a call 330-849-0670. If you prefer to listen to us on a podcast player, you can go to your, wherever your favorite podcast player might be, Spotify, iHeart, uh, Apple Podcasts, we're on all those. If you search for uh, Dirty Secrets of Small Business uh, and subscribe to it, we usually drop a new episode every Thursday morning and be delivered right there to your smart device for you. And you get all the prior episodes there as well. If you like what you hear, we'd love to uh, have you leave a, a five-star review. Those are always uh, fantastic to get and feel free to share the show as well. So that's what we've got for you this week. We appreciate you all listening and we'll talk to you again next week. Bye-bye.